lovers. Welcome back to another episode of The Spiritual Gaze. I'm one of your hosts, Angel. And I'm your other host, Brandon. And this is our twice-monthly podcast dedicated to exploring the wide reaches of spirituality without pretending that it all makes sense. But this is not your usual episode. This is a very special episode. It's a bonus, baby. We were thinking of something special to do for the end of the year. Yeah. And what I thought would be a great idea is to do a year ahead spread for our whole community. So even if we don't know who you are, if you listen to this podcast, you are a part of the Spiritual Gaze community. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, baby. <laughs> so the year ahead spread is a tradition. Angel and I do it for each other every year on January 1st. And although sometimes actually we even do it on New Year's, right? Mm-hmm. And what you do is you pull one card for each month of the year and then a 13th card that kind of represents the overall theme or the invitation. And we have been doing this for a very, very long time. Years and years, yeah. I give a ton of these readings. So also if that's something you're interested in, I'm going to do a little special for January only. And you can, you know, do a special year ahead reading with just me. And that'll be personally for you. But this is a reading for the whole community. So we're going to look at each month from January to December. We're going to do a spread together here right now. You're going to send your energy out so the cards can feel it. And we're going to use this as a map, as a blueprint to help us move through the energies of 2022. So, you know, you'll want to get yourself a nice comfortable space, dim those lights, you know, put on something cozy, you know, surround yourself with crystals, you know, light a pretty candle and let's get witchy as fuck. So just take a moment and let yourself get centered. And we're going to take an extra moment to get centered here today because we're not just pulling one card, we're going to pull 13. So go ahead and if you can, close your eyes. And just take a couple of nice, big, deep breaths. And as you breathe, just let yourself soften. Let your shoulders soften. Let your face soften. Let your skin and your muscles and even your bones soften. And then see if you can make your way into your heart. However that makes sense to you. If you want to sink your mind down into your heart or maybe you're feeling yourself in your hips and your belly and so you want to climb a ladder up into your heart. But with your breath, with your intention, Just start to center yourself in your heart space. And so what I'd like for you to do over these next couple breaths from your heart, just start to call out to any of your energy that is not with you at this moment. So wherever you might be scattered across space and time, call all of you back into your heart now. Now, now, wherever you might be wrapped up in other people, places, things, the past, the future, events, projects, stories, ideologies, just for this next little bit of time, give yourself permission to have access to all of you. And you don't need to know where you were. You don't need to get caught up in the story of where you might have abandoned a piece of yourself. Just trust that your heart knows how to reach out, gather you up, and bring you home. 
and lean into this process of reconnection. Let yourself see, sense, feel, visualize, imagine how you return to yourself in this moment, how you are so much more of you than you were just a moment ago. And so as you feel yourself arriving without leaving the heart, just start to shift your awareness to the physical space that you are in right now. Maybe it's a car. Maybe it's an airplane. Maybe it's your bedroom. Maybe it's your childhood room and your, your parents' house. But just take a moment and allow yourself to become curious about what is sacred here. What is sacred in this space? Just allow that hidden spiritual dimension to reveal itself to you. Maybe it's the way the light filters in through your closed eyelids, or maybe it's a particular smell. Maybe you feel the presence of the crystals or the plants or the objects, the art on the walls, the textiles. Just letting yourself start to feel the energy that exists in this room. Allowing yourself to really encounter the sacred. And breathe it in, soak it in. Like you were dipped in honey. And then go ahead and just move outside to explore what is sacred about the land and the spirits of the land. What is sacred about the plants and the animals and the minerals and the bedrock? All these sacred non-human beings that live where you live, or at least live right outside where you are right now. And then let yourself reach out even further. Let yourself have an encounter with the great spirits of the land that we have named ocean, mountain, forest, desert, lake, tectonic plate. These vast and ancient powers that are so much older and so much wiser than we humans. Taking a moment to acknowledge and respect them. And then coming back into your body, back into the room. Let's just take a moment to reach back in time to honor those first human ancestors that lived on the land we live on today. Those first peoples. This land was their home. And that makes us guests in their home. And so we reach back with humility and respect so that we might learn from them how to be better guests on this land. How to reconnect our present with the past. And in doing so, open the road for a more beautiful, more robust, more aligned future. And so with the permission and 
maybe even the blessing of all these powers, let us officially open up a circle for our reading here today, a big, beautiful circle that forms around us as we step into it, a circle that is big enough to fit our whole community. And we affirm that this circle is rooted in earth and anchored in sky. It is robust. It is well protected. A safe space for each of us to receive the messages, the clarity, the insight, the healing that we need for our year ahead. And so as you see the circle and you place yourself in it, take a moment to call into this circle any and all powers that you know and trust, however it is that you conceive of or call on or work with the divine in their infinite forms, asking that they be here now, that they resource us and inform this reading, infuse the cards with the messages and the healing, the power and the love that we need to move forwards in a good way. Show us what we need to know. Teach us how the heart can grow. As above, so below. The circle is open, but keep your eyes closed. I'm starting to shuffle the cards, and I really want you to reach out and reach into them. I feel your presence. I feel your intention. And some of you, I feel your intensity, your yearning. Thank you. We want it all. And ordinarily, I would ask your permission to do a reading, but I can't reach out to each of you individually and ask your permission. So I'm going to assume that if you continue to listen to this podcast after this point, you are giving me permission to do this reading for you. And if you're like Brandon, I do not feel comfortable, then just go ahead and turn the podcast off and we'll see you in a couple weeks. For those of you that are here, think about the year ahead. Think about your desires, what you want to manifest, what you want to feel, who you want to be. And we're asking these cards to give us a map, a road to show us the 13 most available invitations and opportunities for this year ahead. One card for each month, starting with January and ending with December, the year 2022 on planet Earth and the Milky Way galaxy, orbiting that gorgeous galactic center. If your eyes have been closed, you may slowly start to open them. Okay, babies, here we go. We did it. So the card at the center of the wheel is the Six of Swords. And what I actually think right off the bat is really interesting about that is 2022 is a six year, right? Because two plus zero plus two plus two is six. And so that would actually connect us to the lovers in the tarot, which is a card that's all about individuation and choice. And all of the sixes in the tarot reflect the lovers in some way. So the Six of Swords is all about a new way of thinking about things, swords being the mental realm. And what you see in the card, and it's one of the most evocative cards in the tarot, it's uh, a shrouded figure in a boat 
sitting next to a small child, and there's a boatman with one of those long sticks that you would find, like, if you were riding with a gondolier in Venice, and they're in transit somewhere. They're not yet where they're going, but they're not where they've been. They are in the liminal space between who they've been, how they've thought about things, not quite yet where they're going. And so the thing about the Six of Swords is don't be so quick to lock it down. Let yourself be in the in-between space. Let yourself be shifting and changing and exploring. And that might be a theme overall of 2022 as we explore what is it that we really want now. We know what we want to leave behind. We know the old country, the old shore. Maybe we don't quite know what is over the horizon, and that's okay. It's also a card that speaks to mental expansion, that your mind is blown a little bit. And so now all of a sudden you're seeing things in a new way. The blinders are taken off. The playpen no longer exists. Do you have anything you want to add to that with the Six of Swords? No, I mean, I think it is really just that, like, releasing from the past, right? And moving forward into somewhere unknown, um, but with the swords element, I guess it is any sort of just, like, even past stories, right? We're leaving some of those behind. Yeah. And as you leave those past stories behind, they're no longer informing the way that you process information. Right. I mean, swords are the stories that we tell ourselves. So as you let those old stories die, all of a sudden there's room to tell new stories about who you are and what you're doing in the world. Yeah. But you still have to bring your inner child with you. Of course. And you'll see, we'll post this on the Instagram. There's your little inner child's butt crack just peeking out <laughs> for the world to see. Yes. You bring your vulnerability with you. Mm -hmm. You don't leave it behind. So we might keep coming back to the Six of Swords, as that really is the center of the spread. Just imagine that there's one card in the center, and then all the other cards form a wheel around it. And so that's how we're going to go. We're going to go counterclockwise. So January is the Ace of Cups which is so beautiful. It's like a new door into your heart. It feels very Jupiter and Pisces. Yeah, definitely. It's all about finding a new flow. It's falling in love with something you have never fallen in love with before. Maybe it's a new city. Maybe it's a new project. Maybe it's just a new aspect of yourself. But the Ace of Cups definitely invites love into the picture. And working with the element of water it's about finding grace, letting your intuition pull you forwards. You know, it's a swords year because the six of swords is at the center. So there's going to be a lot of mental work ahead, but the mind is in service to the heart. So the first month of the year is all about getting neck deep, maybe even plunging head under into the waters of the heart. Yeah, I feel like it really is like just an opportunity to like be in love with yourself mm. in a new way. So if we can just connect it back to that six of swords, right? It's like whatever old stories around like your own lack of love or your inability to be loved or inability to love, perhaps you can just kind of have some grace around that and say, actually, what if I just started over my relationship with love? That's beautiful. I also love that there's an ace right there, the first yeah. <laughs> month of the year, which, you know, 
we, it's a little obvious. Yeah, but. <laughs> but we always talk about like, you know, the Gregorian calendar is so fucking arbitrary and it's New Year's and like we, we partake in New Year's, but we're also like, that's not astrological New Year's, right? Like astrological right. New Year's is when Pisces shifts into Aries. But any moment is an opportunity for you to start over. Any moment is an opportunity for you to do a ritual, to release the past, and to start again. And I think that's what the Ace of Cups is saying is like, 2021 and 2020 have been hellish. Yeah. Let them go, honeys. Don't bring all that baggage with you into this new year of choice. And I would theme this spread the year your mind expanded about your choices. Mm. Like all of a sudden there's possibility you never thought of, you never saw before, and you're realizing, oh, I have more agency than I realized. These are themes you're going to be working with this year. All right, so then we move to February, and February is also in the north position. So there are four cards within the spread that are either in the north, the south, the east, or the west. And so these cards kind of serve as like a compass that give us like a greater oomph. And I should say like all of these cards will be with us all year, but they exist in the months that they are for a reason. Those four direction cards, though, the north, the south, the east, and the west, they are going to really be with us all year as they kind of show us where are we headed. And I have my own relationship with these four winds, as my ancestors called them. And so for me, the north is always about where is our soul headed? We can even think of it like the north node in astrology. So for us, February is also the north position, and it's the five of swords. So that's interesting. It's another swords card. It's the one that precedes the six of swords. And the five of swords is all about noticing where you are at war with yourself. As RuPaul would call it, it's the inner saboteur card. Mm -hmm. Where are you getting in your own way? Where are you leaking energy? It's a mental contraction. And so February might show us where we are doing just that, fighting with ourselves, doubting ourselves, being victims of ourself, self-abandonment, and then all year, we have the opportunity to acknowledge these habits and then change them, to expand beyond them, to leave them behind. I'm not surprised because Saturn's going to be in Aquarius all year. And so when we're in Aquarius season, which is February, you know, it, we might feel Saturn's cold, hard grip a little bit more than the rest of the year. But Saturn's cold, hard grip can show us where we are gripping ourselves too tightly, where we're not giving ourselves permission to support ourselves, to believe in ourselves. And so that'll be something that we'll want to look at all year long. Well, it's an interesting combination too. Because if you think about like when you have like the beginnings of something that's like new and exciting, you're usually pretty immediately met with some sort of self-doubt. <laughs> totally. Or even just like obstacles. Right. And then you like doubt that it's even like something you should give yourself over to in the first place. Yeah. You start to have those like too good to be true thoughts. Yeah. Bingo. So maybe you don't have to have those or you have to just acknowledge that they're there or that that's your usual go-to. And now how do I shift outside of that beyond that? All right. Should we go to March? So March is the Four of Wands reversed, and it takes us into a little reversed journey, meaning that the, the next three cards are upside down. So just that in and of itself shows us that all of a sudden we might experience a little bit of resistance or a little bit of slowdown, March, April, May. Uh, it also could just be that these are cards that come in upside down to say like, hey, you're going to be surprised. There's no real way to predict what's happening. Just stay open 
because things are shifting faster um, moment to moment than we can keep up with. So look, the Four of Wands is all about success. It's all about noticing your progress and receiving your progress. When it's reversed, it's a fear of success. It's noticing where you are unable to be proud of yourself, unable to acknowledge what it is that you've actually achieved. And so March might bring us face to face with that friendly ghost. Mm. And maybe noticing why you like can't be happy, why you can't be proud of yourself takes you on this underworld journey, as I'm going to call it, for these next couple of cards, as we then move into the Page of Wands reversed, and then the Seven of Pentacles reversed. So the Page of Wands reversed is really our resistance to trust divine timing. So we want to push, we want to force, we want things to happen according to our schedule. And the Page of Wands really trusts that if the wind's not blowing, there's no reason to hoist the sails. And it takes us back in some ways to that Ace of Cups, to that flow that we felt in January, that now all of a sudden we're trying to recreate or manipulate. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, babe, just trust that there are some days we're going to feel inspired and there are some days where you aren't. And that's just called April. And what's really interesting is a lot of the hot astrology of 2022 happens in April. Like there is one week in April that is just astrologically intense, both really good, beautiful things and also really hard things. And so I think the Page of Wands is saying, be present and tend to those energies. Let yourself be small and humble and holy as these larger planetary energies are moving and shifting and raining down information and power to you. Yeah, it feels like an opportunity to just kind of like be more in touch with your spiritual sensibilities, right? To like go into that spiritual self. That's yeah. that trust, that faith element and act from that place. Totally. As opposed to like a place of like material world drives. Which is interesting because then the Seven of Pentacles reversed, which is our May card in the West position, is all about reorganizing the physical resources of your life. So it's about getting in touch with the spiritual so that you can then come back to the physical with a better sense of how to rearrange your physical world to support that deeper yearning. You know, the West is a position of healing. It's a position of releasing or letting go. If you were to come over to our house and come into the spirit room, you'd see that we have a little altar table in each of the, the four directions. And, and the West altar is really all about healing. It's also where my Bob Mackie share dolls are. <laughs> Because Cher heals me. But when we have a card in the West position, it's saying, okay, we have to heal our relationship with some of these things. So the Seven of Pentacles is really about what are you tending? We see here in the picture, it's, it's somebody resting on their hoe at the garden, and they're kind of looking at what's growing, these seven pentacles on the vine. And so you might start to notice the things you have been tending in your life so far. Remember, this is a six of swords here. We're expanding our mind about what is possible. The things that you've been tending, the way you've organized your time and your money, no longer serving you. Got to let it go. And maybe it's about healing your relationship with circumstances. The Seven of Pentacles at its essence says the universe is going to give you more of what you are currently doing. So if you don't want more of what you are currently doing, sweet baby, you got to change it. And you got to change it now. And you want to align all of those pentacles so that they are in alignment with your spine, with your chakras, with your spirit. 
The sevens in the tarot, they're spiritual cards there. They're asking us to look through a spiritual lens in the realm of the suit. So it's, it's spiritual earth. And so it's reminding us that like your whole life is a ceremony. And it's funny because the Page of Wands is also like the ceremonialist of the tarot deck. The Page of Wands is the one that, that understands even washing the dishes can be a ceremony. Making your coffee, painting your nails, walking the dog. It's our intention that makes things sacred. No time, no space is inherently more sacred than any other time or space. And so it's interesting that maybe we're asked to like slow down a little bit. Also, you know, just to be real, I wonder if this corresponds to like some lockdowns or some shutdowns. You know, like, a, like three months of reversal could be like turning inwards. You know, we have to, we don't have the same freedom that maybe we had in the months before. I sure as hell hope not. I do too, but you know, it needs to be said. What comes after in June is the Five of Cups, which is another really famous card. It's all about befriending your grief. It's this figure in a big black cloak and they look so mournful and so downtrodden and they're gazing at these three cups that are spilt and turned over, but there's two full cups right behind them. And so this is an opportunity to clear the heart. It's an emotional month. So June's going to be emotional. We know June has cancer season, the back half. So that's maybe part of it. Cancer season is definitely summertime sadness, gives us the feels. Lana Del Rey is a cancer and she gave us summertime sadness. So, But the five of cups, it's not a card to be afraid of. It's a card that says there are things you need to feel and release. Because if you don't feel them, if you don't allow them to move through you, then you're still holding on. And perhaps this is the halfway point when we're in that boat in the Six of Swords. And it's like, to get where we're going, we have to lighten our load even more. Like we realize, oh, I didn't realize that I'm actually still taking things with me from the old land, from the old story. And we got to clear it. But it's direct. And so what I would say is whatever happens in June, the more vulnerable you can be to your heart, to your own feelings, that's going to help to kind of right the ship. Yeah. And I'd say like, you might not feel like you have what you want at that moment, but you probably have what you need. For so sure. if you can focus some attention on what you do have and see that it is offering you like, you know, some support around your needs, then that can help get you through. So then a marked shift in July, we get the world. Whoa. I know. And the world is one of those cards that I actually don't see show up that often. The world is all about major endings and major beginnings. The world is graduations and birthdays and anniversaries and funerals. It wants us to complete something. And so that's July for us. So something in July is going to feel like a major completion. And I do know that the Pluto return which is like a big deal for, for those of us that live in the United States. But the truth is the United States is a global power. So what happens here does affect a lot of the world. Yeah. And July is when the United States' birthday is. And I just wonder if perhaps there's some sort of completion there. Mm, yeah. But when the world shows up, it's also an opportunity for enlightenment. Because the world is the last card in the major arcana. As Rachel Pollack talks about the world, she says, you will become a cosmic being and restore the universe. So, you know, that's what we'll do in July. Just restore the universe. Yeah, we'll just become cosmic beings and restore the universe. But we'll understand the value of the journey we've been on. When you get to the world, you look back and you go, oh. That's what it was all for. Bingo. So then we move to 
August, which is also the south position, and it's the King of Swords. So what I want to say is, you'll see this if you look at the, the picture of the spread. The north, the center, and the south, what I would call the spine of the year, they're all swords. <laughs> yeah. Five of swords in the north, six of swords in the center, and the king of swords in the south. So that would say that there's a lot of mental, intellectual, I'm just going to say, it's probably a good year for everyone to get into therapy if you can find a therapist, or at least a journal. Because we are going to be filtering through a lot of old stories and ideas, and we don't want to get trapped in our head. We want our head to service the other aspects of our being. And the King of Swords is where we claim our authority. It's where we, we wield our tongue like a sword. We speak truth to power. It's the writer of the deck. It's the, the great orator of the deck. And it's in the South, which is where we go for power. So if at any point throughout this year you are feeling less than power-filled, and sweet babies, I know there's going to be moments when we all feel less than power-filled, you want to remember that you are an authority on your own life, and you need to speak from your experience. You need to give forth. The kings and the tarot, they, they pour forth. They, they tend to their communities. And with the king of swords, it's tending to your community with your own truth, with your own wisdom. You know, I am fully of the belief that we are building an army of queer witches and healers and mystics and mutants. We are gathering up the people that we need to turn the page to tell a new story. And the only way that happens is for people to come out of the closet, to come out of the shadow, and to speak their truth, to show people another way to be, to live. And that's King of Swords. Yeah. Yeah, that king is wielding that Ace of Swords. So it's a brand new story for your life. Yeah, you get to begin again. But going back to January, it begins from the heart. It starts in the Ace of Cups. It doesn't start in the head. It's not a story that you think of. It's a story that your heart whispers to you when you're quiet and still. It's a heart. It's a story you know. Okay, so then we move to another six, the Six of Pentacles. So we're getting a lot of sixes. This is our second six in a six year. And I'll, and I'll spoiler alert you, we actually get one more six. There's a third six to show up, which I think is the tarot kind of winking at us that like there's only four sixes in the deck and they gave us three of them <laughs> right. in a six year, right? So the six of pentacles, it's reversed, even though Noche came by earlier and tried to unreverse it, but it's still, it's still reversed. <laughs> the six of pentacles is about an expansion of physical resources. It's a blooming and it also speaks to generosity. So it's a month where we want to make sure that we are giving exactly what is needed, but nothing more. It's like when a friend asks you if they can borrow $20, give them $20. Don't give them $100. They'll just waste those 80 extra dollars. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just about money, although it could be about money. The reversal could be that we have to hold back a little bit. Like we want to be more generous than we should be. In a reading or when I'm teaching, there's a hundred things I might want to say. But it's important for me to really get still and quiet and say only what is required in the moment, to only give that which can be received. And so that's a month where we want to make sure that we're not overgiving or overtaking. And Angel talked about a couple months earlier the sense of trusting that you have everything that you need. And I think the Six of Pentacles is a place where we get to choose not to give. We get to choose to hold back. We say, oh, you know what? I don't have to give more because I'm insecure. I can just say these two things and that's enough. 
Yeah, I also feel like in the six of, of discs reversed, like you can like accept the like smaller successes. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can recognize that like, okay, I might not have made it all the way up to the top of the mountain, but I made it to this like gorgeous cliff here. And I can like be proud of how far I've come for sure at this point. The word blooming is always a word that I associate with this card. Like notice what's blooming, you know? Yeah. There's always something blooming in the garden at any time of the year. There's always something that's just starting to come to life. Yeah. So you might not be in like full bloom just yet, but... But pay attention. Yeah, you're in process. Give your attention to the things that are actually wanting to grow, not the things that are just making you sad. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say about this, this might be a month where you have to step beyond your comfort zone to ask for things. We're really bad at receiving, right? The four of wands reversed that we got earlier in the year, that's kind of uh, kitty corner or catty corner. I don't really know what the phrase is there. Kitty catty corner. Kitty catty corner to the six of pentacles. They're both reversed and they're both kind of saying like, okay, where are you struggling to receive? Where are you not letting people give to you to help you along? We can't do this alone. Even in the six of swords at the center, somebody's rowing and we're just in the boat. So there's also a sense of like, okay, where are you not allowing yourself to receive the help and the clarity and the guidance that's wanting to, to usher you forwards? Mm-hmm. So that's September. So last three cards of the year here. October is the hermit. And we know the hermit is all about trusting yourself as the teacher, lighting your inner flame. The hermit is a necessary retreat to remember your own sanctity. The hermit is the part of your soul that is connected to the oneness of all beings. How do you experience that? Well, it's probably not in the grocery store, you know? The hermit asks us to go find a tall mountain or a deep cave or a quiet forest and reconnect to that inner teacher. The hermit is the other major arcana card that's showing up for this year, so it's important to to acknowledge that it's connected to the energy of Virgo. And Virgos are the healers of the Zodiac. So there's a sense that like you got to heal yourself. October is a month. It's, it's Libra season and Scorpio season. It's a time to turn inwards and notice where that alchemy can only happen by staying inwards, by holding on to yourself. And that makes sense too, because there are some months, particularly the King of Swords, where we're exposing ourselves, where we're out in the world. And so then we need that kind of balance, that retreat from the exposure to heal us. And the Hermit is definitely that. The hermit also uh, has this like long wand, this this stick that the hermit leans on, and it's the same wand that the fool uses over over the fool's shoulder to hold the the bindle, as it's called, that kind of bag full of everything the fool holds dear. And what I will just say is, a fourteenth bonus card is the card at the bottom of the deck, and I turned it over just to give a sense, and it's the fool reversed. So there is this Uranian fool energy all year long that's saying, like, things are changing. Don't lock into anything too soon or too quickly because things keep shifting. You know, don't build a house on shifting sands. You know, just build a little tent and then see where things, you know, shift every day and then keep moving accordingly. All right, so then we move to the the 11th card, which is November, which is the east position. The east is where the sun rises, so it's what's coming in this year, and this is our third six. It's the six of cups, which is maybe 
one of the most beautiful cards in the tarot, certainly the most beautiful of the sixes. Mm -hmm. It's a card about healing, and you see in the card, there's a figure, which is you, offering a cup of healing to another figure, which is your inner child. It's a card that says, let's go back and heal backwards in order to grow forwards more beautifully. It's an expansion of the heart. And the way we expand the heart is to pull the thorns out of it that we got in childhood and high school and in college and from the last couple of fucking years, you know, where we've been contorting ourselves just to survive. And the Six of Cups says it's more than survival. We're not just here to survive. We're here to love. We're here to expand. We're here to transcend. And so that's here now. I feel it here now. But it's also going to be there to greet us at the gateway of November to help us find more tenderness for who we've been. And in loving who we've been, we can actually love who we are and get excited about who we're going to be. And then we have a fucking pizza party. Yay! So December is the Three of Cups. The Three of Cups is you and your two sisters, and you're all dancing naked, bathing in the blood of the patriarchy. Bravo! And so the, the energy of next December is a pizza party. Or I say pizza party because like, remember when you were in like elementary school and like you got to have a pizza party and that was like all you wanted, you know? Yep. So, and that's as an adult, now. that's all I want now too. Yeah, I, know. I would love one. But it's really about getting together with your sisters. And I don't mean sisters like your biological sisters, unless your biological sisters are some of those closest, nearest, and dearest to you. But it's really about those people who are your truest family. Your people. Your heart beings, you know? Soul family. And gathering together with them and celebrating and reflecting each other back to each other. It's a really cool spread, and it's definitely six-heavy, right? The three sixes have shown up. The six of wands is the only one that decided to, to hide in the background. And, yeah. you know, sometimes the cards that don't show up are as important as the ones that do. So the six of wands is all about, like, rising above things. And so maybe the six of wands isn't there because it's saying, like, it's not a year where we're going to rise above things. The only way out is through. For sure. We got to go through it. Well, no, it feels like it's like a stop before the the beginning, you know? I mean, if the fool is reversed underneath it all. Yeah. It's like, right before we step off this, let's cover a few things. Totally. I love that idea. The preparation that prepares us for the preparation. Yeah. And then it's also very cups heavy. We have one, two, three, four cups. So that's the most... Uh, of any suit. And so that would say that this is also a year to really allow the things in our life which flow, our emotions, our intuition, our relationships. And I think that we can give over to flow when we have a deep sense of trust, when we notice what um, we can control and what we can't control. Uh, my sponsor, Brenda, she gave me a great piece of advice. She said, write a list. One column is the things you can't control. And the other column is the things you can't control. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we know what we can control and we know what we can't control, we are able to trust those larger forces. I know which list no chan I made. The list of things you can't control? Yep. <laughs> so I hope that was helpful. We'll share a photo of this. And the best way to work with a year ahead spread is at the beginning of each month to glance at the card and notice what is the, the gate you're walking through, but also at the end of each month, look back at the card that you just lived through and ask yourself, how are my experiences of this month 
an Ace of Cups month, right? So like on the right. first day of February, look back at January and go like, what was I falling in love with? What was that new door into my heart that was supposed to open up in January? Yeah. And please let us know how this spread resonates for you. Perhaps we will continue to look at it all year long. Totally. That'd be a great idea. I mean, I'm looking at these cards and I'm like, what card are we going to have our retreat? When are we going to have the spiritual case retreat? I don't know. Maybe the world. Oh, wow. Then it won't be in the desert. Then it may not be. (laughs) May not be July in Joshua Tree. Yeah, nobody wants to do that. Who knows? November in Joshua Tree. Six of Cups is always beautiful. Gorgeous. We got married November in Joshua Tree. Mm -hmm. But November feels like feels like a long way away to do a retreat. It feels like a very long way away. feels like we want to do it in the first half of the year. I'll so We'll see what happens. I got to give over to the flow. Trust. Just trust. So thank you so much, everybody, for opening up your hearts and your third eyes and sending your spirits to help us with this spread. Let's just take a moment and close the circle. So if you can, if it's safe to close your eyes, just take a moment and turn your attention inwards. I'm going to give gratitude to the circle that held us so well here, to the earth below, the sky above, the heart that unites all things. We give gratitude to all the powers that assisted in this reading, gratitude to the cards themselves, and we ask that the messages they contain serve as seeds planted in the soil of our lives. And may these seeds grow deep roots. May they nourish us and be nourished by us. May they grow tall and bloom. This circle exists outside of time and space, but it does have a beginning and a middle and an end. So with deep gratitude and profound humility, we affirm that this circle is sealed and closed. Wherever you are, just know there are two weird homosexuals that are very grateful for you. Extremely grateful for you all. Thank you to all of our listeners. Um, in 2021. Thank you to all of our uh, Spirit Talk participants this year. Thank you to all of our students of all of our 2021 courses and all of the attendees of our Breathworks and our Astro Clubs. To all the people that trusted us to read your charts or your cards or to offer healing of some kind. Thank you for trusting us to facilitate what you needed. We've had an amazing experience with each and every one of you. And um Here's to 2022. What the hell's it gonna be? It's gotta be better than 2021, girl. Uh, here's a hoping. As always, you can find us at thespiritualgaze.com. You can find us on Instagram at thespiritualgaze, Twitter, spiritualgaze. You can always slide into our DMs. We want to see those pictures of your heart. Yes. And until next year, this has been your transit through... The Spiritual Game